All right. Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We are joined today by a very, very special guest. Our yes. very, 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 very dear friend who we love to the moon and back, Logan from Cards Made Mirror, is here. Hello, hello, Yay. hello. Hi. <laughs> hello, hello. And we're here to talk about his upcoming Kickstarter deck, The Precious Possums Lenormand. But first, we're going to make him hang out with us and answer some listener yes. questions and go through yeah. other regular episode stuff. I'm into it. I'm so excited. <laughs> We're like, Logan, you're here. You're answering questions. We're doing this. <laughs> yes. It's going to be great. And we just recorded so a whole episode about an episode of Charmed for our Patreon. So we're feeling all loose and good. We got through our technical difficulties because it, trying to interview people during Mercury Retrograde is part of our brand, our own personal brand, apparently. You like to stay sharp. So, so. Yeah, exactly. It is helpful in the cognitive abilities perspective. <laughs> We've got plan A, plan B, plan C. And now Esther can, like, we can know for sure exactly what we need to tell people because Esther is a critical thinker. Esther can do a flow chart for future. <laughs> this is why I'm the Seven of Swords. It, proof is in the pudding this morning. Seven of Swords. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's perfect. So we're going to get started because we don't want to keep Logan here all morning. But Logan, we assigned you to pick the card of the day. So good luck. No wow. pressure. I was going to say no pressure, but then you're like, good luck. And it's just like, whoa. <laughs> good luck. Whoa. All the gravity. We, you know what I always do? And I think that people could probably guess this based on how we've answered other questions. Whenever I'm in charge of the card of the day, my intention is always, what's something positive that I can tell <laughs> as the card of the day? And I'm, I'm always just like, okay, card of the episode. La, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. All right, it's the Nine of Pentacles. I'm not mad. Ooh, yeah. I love a Nine of Pentacles. Nine of Pentacles is like peak for me, in my opinion. Like that's like, because it's that's all like you want to do. Like, especially Esther is on winter vacation right now. And the Nine of Pentacles is calling her <laughs> name. And there's like a, every time the Nine of Pentacles comes up, there's a drag race, race reference for me. Because it's opulence. You own everything. Oh my God. <laughs> if it helps you, it's the Nine of Pentacles from the carnival at the end of the world. So it's like this person wearing a giant like cabbage suit or something. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Love it. I love Carnival it. at the End of the World is one of those decks that Esther and I have talked ourselves out of buying probably like a dozen times. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Every time we see it, we're like, I need this. And then like five minutes later, we're like, oh God, but it's so expensive. And for me, it's because of the faces. I have face issues. So I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful and so cute. And then there's like three faces that I kind of am cre really creeped out by and I don't want to look at them. So I get that. I totally get that. Because I have that with some of the faces in Green Witch, even though I love that deck. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, a couple of them weird me out. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, and Logan is a deck connoisseur like us. So we will be probably name dropping lots of decks possibly. So. Yeah, that's true. Logan uh, and our friendship sort of started as a deck facilitation slash encouragement committee. That's a lot uh, more of a positive spin than enabling. <laughs> enabling. Yeah. 
We, at one point in our early, like, I guess not early friendship, but at one point in our friendship, we did create a stamp of approval for, <laughs> along with our friend Rachel to say, yes, you need to buy this. Here's the stamp of approval from. But we, committee. but we just you re overuse the stamp of approval, so now it almost means nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like money from World War One, like in Germany. It means nothing anymore <laughs> to anybody. It's like one million per dollar, and it's exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, Esther, I'll let you take away the first question. I'll let okay. you. Okay. Like, this is not a joint effort. <laughs> Thank you. It's not like we have an outline in front of us. So this question is from Rosie. And she is a listener that submitted a a question last summer, or this past summer in 2020, about she and her husband living apart and there being some consternation involving jobs and working and things like that and how to help continue the relationship through COVID and living apart stuff. So you can listen to an episode that released probably sometime in August of 2020 to to catch up on that original question. This is sort of a continuation slash follow-up, but in a different direction. Yeah. She's having job things going on in the background and the job things have to do with her job is very stressful and very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And they want to continue to keep her on and they keep bribing her with money. Yes. So, that is sort of like the foundation of lots the question. Lots and lots of money. Lots like and lots money of money. Where you can't turn it down. I know. And I'm like, ooh, this is a toughie. Just, that's just the foundation of the question. And we're going to be answering specifically what... So she's not quite exactly sure what she's wanting to ask Gatero. Like, does she need to toughen up and stick it through? Because the money's really nice, especially when her partner's out of a job and it's really good money. So she's wondering, you know, does she need to toughen up and become emotionally harder or maybe more hardy because she feels like a soft and mushy person and she wants to to channel her inner bitch goddess and let her (laughs) take the wheel during the nine to five. And she doesn't want to become a cold person, but all of this negativity, she wants to have it affect her less in her life. So she's not really quite sure what questions to ask, but... Perhaps um, something like her last reading went, what type of methodical and consistent work she can do, and that was the Wheel of Fortune. How could she protect herself from negativity with the Seven of Pentacles, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of like the foundation of this reading. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, she also mentions that she's a Leo sun and that her focus is on strength, but she's also an introvert because of a Taurus moon. So I feel like... We can relate to that. <laughs> yes, very much so. Because my moons and rising are both introverty ish. Yeah. As well. Cool. So, and then she, yeah, there's a lot of information here. So, no matter what, Rosie, good freaking luck. But I think that starting with just like boundary creation would probably be helpful. Exactly. That sounds like just a lot of boundaries are needed and kind of knowing sort of not only like what boundaries to make, but also how they can themselves feel strengthened by this process and continuing on through things. So, yeah. All right. So normally what we would do here, Logan is just each pull a card. I am going to try so hard to just pull one (laughs) since there are three of us and then we'll read them all together. Um, and hopefully that goes well. I'm assuming it will. If not, we can switch to, uh, each answering one component of the question 
so yeah. that there is more de like delineation between each of the cards that we have. game. Oh. Do okay. you want to do it that way, Esther? That sounds like nice, at least vocally from the other side, because it won't be as confusing for people if that makes any sense when they're listen listening to, to the episode. Okay, yeah. sure. Okay, so then we need to come up with components of this question. So if we're okay. talking about boundaries, then maybe like a check-in about where the boundaries currently are, uh, what you can do to increase your boundaries, and sort of like the last one could be like immediate steps for increasing your boundaries. Sorry, I'm thinking. There was something. Like <laughs> I can tell. Okay, so she I leaned I'm, fully, fully back from her I'm like, computer. I'm like, oh, what was it? It. Okay, so I'm just gonna talk it out really quick. So it's almost like not only like the boundaries, but how they can find personal strength through this because boundaries oh, are yeah, good. That's I, good I feel like the, I feel like the first two deal with boundaries pretty well. And then the third one can be like personal strength that they can dwell on through this process. Do you think that the focus being strength that's already there or strength yes. that needs to be cultivated? She, no, well, it's she, it seems like she has strength already there. Cause she's, it looks, it sounds like she's already trying to, to focus Work on, on strength yeah. already. Okay. So maybe how to bring that out more and how to utilize that more. Okay, cool. So okay. then maybe doing the, I can do boundaries check-in. Okay. And then uh, we can ask Logan to do setting firmer boundaries. Okay. Are you okay with that, Logan? Yeah, no, that sounds okay, great. Okay, cool. And then Esther can do cultivate, or I guess strengthening strength. Cultivating <clears throat> and strengthening strength. <laughs> strengthening strength. <laughs> strength, strength. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Then I don't have to limit myself to only one card. Yes. Smart move, <laughs> Esther. You knew that this would be a problem for me. She's been putting out fires all day. And it's only like 9 a.m. where I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's the end of the day for her. It's, it's it midnight, is. It's right? badass. It's 1246 a.m. Oh, my God. Okay. Shit. We'll get you into bed before 3 a.m. Okay. How about that? It's I'm so okay. glad you're on vacation. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I was able to sleep in until like 945-ish. So we're... we're <laughs> I'm not delirious quite yet. We'll get there probably in the middle of Logan's room. So does Haman just <laughs> yeah, like exactly. listen from the other room trying to sleep and just be like, oh, witches and turn over every time we laugh. He thankfully can sleep almost through a hurricane. So he's probably already asleep <laughs> because I tutor and every, like I tutored all day today and he was like, he didn't even wake up. I did yoga. He didn't wake up. I did dishes, didn't wake up. So he... <laughs> Stupid! How bad? How, like he's really good I know, at sleeping, I'm kind and I hate of jealous. Him. I am That's too. An amazing skill to have. I hate him because <laughs> I'm the one getting up when the dogs are puking at 2 a.m. and I'm oh. like, oh my gosh, the dogs are puking. Yeah, because you hear the sound of a dog puking and you're like, up you're like, immediately. Oh, immediately, exactly. <laughs> okay, so strengthening strength. Sorry, Rosie, we're on a tangent. Okay. Ooh, yikes! Mine is a good way to start. <laughs> so strengthening. We'll, I'll let everyone pull theirs because we don't want to. Jump and I'm sorry, I have uh, Dory memory, so strengthening boundaries, or how to okay. strengthen those boundaries? Yes, yes, how to strengthen boundaries, yes. And what deck are you using, Logan? I am still using Carnival at the end of the world. Ooh, okay. Holly, I'm sure, is probably using our Antique Anatomies tarot. 
probably yes. French edition. <laughs> French edition? Nope. It's in English. It's in English. Okay. <laughs> and I'm using Hilda because Hilda's here. So. Oh, maybe I should bring Hilda down. Okay, let me see. Strength Once things. I'm no longer working from home, I plan to take all of my podcast recording stuff up to where my current work from home office is. And then I'll be in the same room as all of my decks again. Oh, oh I, I love it. It's lovely. <laughs> okay. I have drawn on my cards. Okay, so I'll go first because we're talking about uh, the existing boundaries. And I the reason that I laughed when I saw this is that for existing boundaries check-in, I got strength and the ten of swords. Ooh. So I think that that's kind Interesting. of... Interesting. Like, why you're feeling like you're not getting good readings about this, Rosie, is that you already are, your boundaries are already fairly strong, but they're already exhausting you so completely that mm -hmm. when you're being asked, like, how do I continue moving forward you're feeling blocked because you know that your existing boundaries are already so strong Interesting. and that's a lot to then ask for you but i'm curious about what logan got in terms of strengthening boundaries because maybe that'll offer a new direction and then it's really not even about strengthening boundaries as much as like reassessing and redirecting boundaries right so i got the eight of pentacles and then also one of the like bonus cards uh, from this deck, which is the Tempest. But as I'm not super familiar with what I think about that bonus card yet, I pulled a third card and got the Six of Pentacles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lots of okay. Pentacles going on. It's a work reading, so that's not surprising that Pentacles kind of are on display, to be honest. Well, and also just the idea of a Tempest as being the storm and then knowing the additional context that we didn't include in the question. Yes. Where there's all of this like storminess surrounding Ooh. what's going on. Right. I think that that also adds well, a lot of like nuance. Especially because the Tempest to me is, can be an individual and this individual oh, that's yeah. kind of causing this chaos to me could be a Tempest specifically. That's really interesting to me. So I'm just trying to think, I'm like, where, where does this go from where we were? <laughs> yeah. So it's for Maybe I asking that, for help. That kind of mirrors mine as well. Okay, so because okay. where to find strength, I do the five of pentacles. So to me, that's like asking for help and reaching out for help with the six yeah. of pentacles. It's like receiving, perhaps with the eight of pentacles and the six of pentacles chilling it next to each other as far as how to strengthen boundaries. Mm -hmm. Could this be some sort of like doubling down on, I don't know, like making yourself the best that you can be? It's hard with those two cards because. I think that normally when we see the six of pentacles, we put ourselves in the giving position rather than the receiving position, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And so maybe because of the practice incorporated with the eight of pentacles, it's saying like pro whichever part you feel less strong with, if you feel less strong about receiving help from others, then maybe practice receiving help from others. And that would allow you to sort of strengthen the strengthen the boundaries in a way that is not so exhausting to you to sort of alleviate some of that 10 of swords energy from your existing boundary structure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And I think especially with the six and the eight, it's like making the best of your situation and getting it, getting out of the situation exactly what you know you're going to get out of it. You're getting, you're getting your boss giving you lots of money. That's the six of pentacles. You're that's what you're yeah. getting out of the situation. And that's kind of creating that boundary of like, I know what I'm getting out of the situation and that is money. 
that is your only expectation of the situation. I know I'm getting this expect, you know, with eight of pentacles, I know I'm getting the situation, which is From perfecting working. my work yeah. and this being a glowing thing on my resume. So you know exactly, and that's kind of to me a boundary is because you're not fooling yourself with this job. You know that you're not gonna be in this job forever and you're using Ooh. this job for and your Esther, benefit. that also is so good with what you got, the strengthening strength, because you said you got the five of pentacles. I got the that? five of pentacles, the knight of wands, and the sun. So to me, you yeah. are, that to me is like, you're make you're taking the situation into your own hands with this knight of wands. You are going to be like the, the pinnacle person right now. You're going to be that person in the sun. You're going to be that glowing light of positivity to your coworkers. And you're also not only going to be receiving help, but you're going to be giving that help to other people. Well, but the so. other thing that I was thinking could be read into those cards is like you. So there is a time limit in which they have this plan for this huge, incredible raise. So maybe it is encouraging you to know that there's going to be areas that you're just not being fulfilled in this job mm -hmm, because your focus right. needs to be on the financial stuff. And then in order to strengthen your strength, the five of pentacles saying, except that sort of like poverty of other things, the poverty of experience, the poverty mm -hmm. of whatever, like the culture of the position or whatever, accept that poverty and then get ready through the perfection of everything else that you're doing to get on that horse again in 18 to 24 months or whatever, once that sort of like financial stuff gets settled and then move forward from there as kind of a leader, because you've perfected your craft, you've gotten even better at your job. You've mm -hmm. perfected your ability to like receive everything that jo the job can give to you. And right. then you can move on at that point. And knowing that allows for you to feel more comfortable with it in the shorter term period of the next like year and a half, two years, rather than feeling like you need to be trying to get more out of the job. You know what you're getting out of it and it's money. Exactly. And then right. you can be a knight and move on later after you've gotten the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, you're setting just the, the <clears throat> expectation that this is not going to be a fulfilling job. This is going to be like a pocket filling job. Like, <laughs> I like that, I like that a lot. variation. That's good. <laughs> I think you're totally right. I totally think you were right on track, Logan, with that. So. I'm wondering also if there's at some point going to be opportunity for maybe not as much pay. So because I had the Tempest and I also am unable to stop myself when I'm pulling cards sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the club. We love it oh here. Oh my gosh, I'm surprised. I also pulled the, uh, the Six of Wands after the Six of Pentacles. So I was just when I was like, all right, well, maybe she can just keep becoming the best that she can be and something will open up yeah. for her in a like adjacent sort of work field where mm -hmm. she might not be making as much money, but the, the give and take she'll get from that will make up for that. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that, no, I think you're totally right. I just feel like, especially with the idea of having this opportunity to like, like perfect stuff, like your, her boundaries are strength in the 10 of swords. So she knows that this is exhausting her. If mm -hmm. then the way to create even better boundaries is to perfect your craft, other people will see that. Yeah. And then you'll get to make a decision about if you want to stay there for the more like financially lucrative position or if you want to follow more of like where Esther's cards were sort of leading and how to overall become a stronger person, maybe taking a pay cut in order to be a leader in some way, to be like more action oriented in some way would be the pathway to move forward. And I think that that's totally reflected in the combination of 
Logan's cards and Esther's cards of both like creating better boundaries and thinking about it in terms of this is what I'm getting out of the now and then overall mm -hmm. strength in terms of maybe not having the same financial benefit, but also having a lot more like ownership and power with that knight of wands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that most of the strength from the situation will come from having realistic expectations of what you're dealing with and yeah. keeping that throughout totally. the next period of time that you're working at this job, because especially when you're working with a narcissist who's gaslighting people, mm. keeping that clear mind and that accuracy and actually like the reality of what's going on is going to keep you grounded and centered. And right. So I don't think they're going to change. They're not. Just Absolutely think about not. how you can get everything you need to get out of it. They're not going to change. Work the narcissist in your favor. Like, yeah, exactly. work it in your favor. If there's anything I've learned from a narcissist, work it in your favor. As best you <laughs> yeah, can. Esther's had a narcissist this whole year as her boss. <laughs> I've had so many. I mean, like, between my grandfather being textbook narcissist, between my boss this past year being a narcissist, you have to work their narcissism in your favor because otherwise you're just going to shrivel up and die inside. And that's not what's in the cards for you, especially. Right. So. Especially since they, she already has that 10 of swords. Like exactly. The, the exhaustion's already there. Expecting people to change just does not work. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, honestly. Yeah. So be realistic, continue that realism, get the money when you can just suck the narcissism for all he's worth kiss up when you can it'll go in your gross favorite. but sure it's gross accurate. but go for it <laughs> you'll feel gross but your bank will be very very happy exactly all right well good luck rosie this is a yes. stressful situation but i think you got this and thank you for the, the partial update in this question because yeah again we appreciate updates from people so we love a good update mm-hmm and then our second question is actually several questions, but they're all pretty short. One of them is kind of, two of them are sort of the same question. And then the last one I can just answer really, really fast. But okay. it is from Katie. Again, not my sister, different Katie. The main topic that she's curious about is when she, when we stopped feeling like beginners. She's been reading for one or two years and she still frequently finds herself looking up cards in the guidebook, looking at her cheat sheet. Uh, etc. She journals about it, but she just is trying to figure out how, I guess, kind of how to feel less like a beginner. And then she also, as part of that question, asks, do you journal or write down every reading you do? I currently feel the need to document all my draws, but I think that would probably be, uh, probably incorporate tarot more throughout the day if she just allowed herself to draw cards in the moment. So we'll get to that in a second. The, the short question, and this is something that I mentioned in my Instagram stories, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I'll just answer it really quickly. But basically, I was talking about how I like to try to clean my kitchen before I go to sleep every night or at least get all the dishes in the dishwasher. And I mentioned that I have a candle lit in front of my sink because I have like one of those garden style windows. This house was built in 1987. So everyone has a garden style window <laughs> in their kitchen um, that has a little altar to Hestia, basically. And she is asking what candle I use. I think of it as like lighting the hearth. So I try to light it at least once a day, usually while I'm cooking dinner or while I'm cleaning the kitchen at the end of the night, just to kind of bring the Hestia sort of like home vibes into my house. And yeah. it's literally just a white taper candle. It's mm -hmm. like, not, it's not even a seven day candle. 
because I'm not lighting it that I'm not lighting it for any length of time where it needs to be something that's protected. So yeah. with the symbolism of having that be my hearth fire using just a white taper candle and a, in a uh, candle holder that I like is the thing that reminds me the most to have it be like a casual relationship. Like I'm still trying to honor the deity that it's like two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I want to, I, I know that if I make it into a bigger deal where it's a seven day candle and I have to invoke something, I won't use it ever. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's the attempt is to be casual, approachable, just a white taper candle in a, uh, candle holder that I love. And I just light it for like usually about five to 35 minutes each day as I'm in my kitchen. And it helps me feel connected with my practice. It helps those chores that I don't like, like dishes feel intentional. Like there is a purpose to it. And that purpose is like honoring sort of ancestral deities because Hestia is a Greek goddess and I'm a quarter Greek that I identify very strongly with apparently just only in the <laughs> deity way. Um, since I wasn't like culturally raised in a Greek community, just in a Greek household. But anyway, so easy, make it as easy for yourself as you can, because if there's something that you need to do, that's more intensive, there's time for that too. But for something simple, like just honoring the hearth in your Mm -hmm. house every single day, doing something that's like an intentional, but easy to accomplish task is the way that I have found myself most able to accomplish that. (laughs) Yep. I love that. Do you have any like sort of candle things lit all the time, guys? All the time, no, but I have, because of the Kickstarter coming up, I have a small altar that I've set up uh, in my kitchen that I have been lighting Mm -hmm. a candle every morning for like, actually, like you said, like five to 35 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just, just trying to pay, pay some honor there. But I I love, I love candles with, uh, yeah, just period. Okay. But also in the context of like spells and stuff. So super easy. Mine, I have a like orangey sort of, um, I think it's sage and orange scented candle for Bridget on my hearth in the kitchen. And like, so when I cook or anything, just like with um, Holly and Hestia, I light that candle because she, since Bridget is a hearth icon deity, then I just light it to her and do my thing and then take it out whenever it's finished. So. Is yours in a vessel though? No, mine's like on a small little plate with crystals around it. So like mine is super simple because the taper is too big for any um, sort of like votive kind of glass that anyone sells. So I just use like a small little plate essentially and I put in the center and then put crystals around it because that's to me like helps, I guess so. That's what I do for my like friendship candle. Like whenever a friend is going through something and I'm like, oh, oh right. I'll light a candle for you or whatever. If it's specifically things that are ongoing, I do have a candle where I have all these little trinkets and crystals and stuff that I associate with individual people mm-hmm. where I'll light that and then put their trinket next to it to kind of like amplify the positive energy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that like there's a lot of different ways to emulate the hearth within your kitchen. Yeah. And some people don't even light a candle for it. They just, every time they use their stove sort of thing, Mm -hmm. like this is the way that it's working. The way that I light my hearth symbolic candle is always using my stovetop. Like Mm -hmm. I light a smaller little candle on the stovetop and then light my bigger candle with that. It feels like symbolically linking sort of the Mm -hmm. idea of my literal 
kitchen hearth with yeah. a figurative. That's yeah. nice. But there's a lot of different options. Yeah. Anyway, I like it. we should talk about our actual questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The I like beginner this. thing. I can admit that the last time that I looked up a definition was this very morning. Because in my brain... <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't come up no. with what the eight of pentacles looked like momentarily. So I just looked at the eight of pentacles real fast. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you guys looked up a definition? I guess is the real point of my the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> um, like maybe two days ago. Yeah. yeah. I still feel like a beginner. I've been reading Tara for a while Same. and I still feel like I'm, especially because it's so personal and everyone has different meanings. So when someone, um, I was like listening to Jamie Sawyer interview her mom for the Pocket of Peers interviews. And her mom had some really great definitions because she's the magician card. And I was just like, oh. Mm. And so like that constant, I think it's being in the attitude of always being a student. I've always kind of been that sort of person. So in always having that sort of like position of always learning, I always kind of feel like I'm a beginner in yeah. certain ways. Mm-hmm. I feel so confident in my readings, but I think part of that comes from allowing myself to be like, huh, let me check to see if so-and-so has any interesting thoughts about this mm-hmm. card. Yeah. And I especially find myself doing that with decks that have really complete guidebooks. Like I'm always so curious about what the artist thinks. Mm-hmm. So opening yourself up to saying like, yeah, sometimes I just want to look to see means that you're not like pressuring yourself and getting stuck in sort of a dogmatic approach to tarot reading. Yeah. Which I do think some people do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Actually, yeah. or like even more so with Lenormand, like there's this whole thing now that Lenormand is kind of coming more mainstream where some people are like fully like, that's not the definition when you're like, <laughs> but it's like just a synonym for the same exact thing. Like, <laughs> They can just get a little bit overly obsessed with the structure itself. And I think that people can do that with tarot too. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of it comes from like learning styles. And when we're learning, we want to be told we're right or wrong. And we're really scared that we're going to be told we're wrong. So we just like kind of go into this idea of like, once I have the three things I need to remember memorized, then I never need to worry about it again. (laughs) Right, right. I tried when I was starting out in like 2017 and 2018 because I like picked it up for a few months and then put it down and came back a little while later. Um, I was trying to write down different definitions every single day. And to be honest, Mm -hmm. I feel like if I picked up that book now and and reviewed it, I'd be like, yeah, I don't feel this way about this card anymore. No, I don't. I don't get that for that (laughs) card anymore. Probably, especially no. because our own lived experiences influence how we're reading cards all the time. For no. sure, yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, maybe. But if... I think that that's also. <laughs> Sorry, I did it again. It's okay. Um, Keep going. I was going to say, maybe. Because, okay, here's the thing, Logan. To be a polite podcaster versus to be a polite human are two totally different things. <laughs> It's, as a human, it's polite to always be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. As a podcaster, it isn't. Like, it's Railroad no us. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking too, maybe maybe if, if she's still trying to find her footing with some of these cards and she's not feeling confident in herself uh, to whatever extent just yet, maybe she just needs to, I don't know, try a couple different teachers, try a couple different mm-hmm. podcasts that offer some kind of not like a hot take on it but yeah like a deep dive alternative view 
Um, because I know what I was reading from like the wild unknown guidebook, which is not a great place to mm-hmm. start. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried that and I tried uh, Mary Greer's Tarot for Yourself, which I'm sure is a fabulous book, but it was probably not a great one to pick up as like the second book I own. First. Yeah, um, yeah. After I got away from those things and started finding like, uh, I'm trying to think of who, uh, particularly like Lindsay Mack's whole Tarot for the Wild Soul program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, the two of you as well, not to be a total kiss ass. Uh, but <laughs> I will always think I don't back. mind at all. Kiss ass all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seven of, like the initial Seven of Swords episode. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I don't. Maybe just try digging around in some in some new places. Yeah, yeah, I and I think that. that a big component of that, which you kind of alluded to, also when you're first journaling at the beginning and like trying to make sure you have your own, because I, I that's like a really common suggestion for when you're first getting started is like journal about each card and really think about what they mean to you. But then that does put that pressure that I think like kind of alludes to Katie's second question about writing down all of her readings. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Yeah. Especially I when these write... readings don't matter a lot. Isn't like right. Well, and it's, like it's like a daily. day-to-day thing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's just a lot of pressure to put on yourself to write it. One of the things that I was trying for a little bit was voice memoing all of my readings mm-hmm. so that if I wanted to, I could go back for them and then I just would name the voice memo, like the date and then the cards that I pulled. Right. But I even stopped doing that because I think that one of the things that really helps you grow in confidence is just constant use. Mm-hmm. And if you're putting all these additional parameters onto yourself about what is the appropriate way to use the cards, you're not going to be playing around with them enough to yeah. feel like quite as confident with them. Um, I'm wondering too, because, okay, as far as like writing each reading down and things like that being very intense, like I totally agree. I'm wondering if like a, an easy little exercise might be to pull like a card in the morning about like what you can expect from the day and not stress too much mm-hmm. about it and just go through your day. And then at the end of the day, sit down and be like, all right, what themes are associated with this card and how did that yeah. maybe show up mm-hmm. today? Just yeah, to like right. try and build some I kind like- of a natural relationship with it maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot because it's also less about like preemptively deciding what the card means to you and more yes. like seeing how it manifested in your day. So that gives you an even deeper understanding because you're, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. You're retroactively looking back to think like, well, what does this actually, what, how did this actually appear in my day rather than how do I think it may appear for my well you're not also trying to fit a you know square peg into a round hole where oh my my card of the day is the knight of wands the knight of wands specifically means this according to like biddy tarot or esther you know on wally tarot podcast this is what the kind of story (laughs) exactly means you know and then like specifically forcing your day to that archetype because to me that's backwards that's not what we're wanting to do we're wanting to cultivate your natural relationship with the deck so just like Logan said, it's a perfect example. Just drawing it and just naturally kind of just taking steps back. Don't even just think about it. Don't even be intentionally think about it. Don't even write it down. Yeah. And Katie, I don't know if you, if you're a Patreon supporter, Katie, then you can see the uh, tracking thing that I've been doing this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's designed to be 365 days, but Patreon supporters can download it at any point. And part of the thing is that There's a spot for the moon cycle and a spot for the card of the day. But then the majority of the page is actually reflecting on what that day was like. 
And so that would be really good. The, that's the way I use it. I pull a mm-hmm. card in the morning while I'm making my coffee because I keep the pe- piece of paper by my coffee situation. Um, and then at the end of the day, when I'm like tracking all my water for the day, if I'm being totally honest, that's <laughs> when I'll say like, how was this day and kind of circle back to it. Mm-hmm. But I find that really helpful because of exactly what Logan's talking about. Then you're thinking about how it showed up rather than how it may show up. And that again, is a way that you could still track it. But I would even say beyond that, like pulling cards randomly, like mm-hmm. I'm about to get on a Zoom call. What should I expect for that Zoom call? Just pull cards for it and don't write it down. Just play yeah. with it. Like, okay, for this Zoom call, I should expect the Ten of Pentacles and the Star. So I know from my experience with the Ten of Pentacles and the Star, this Zoom call is going to be really exciting. I'm going to feel super amped up. I'm going to feel really affirmed. I'm going to feel really seen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like my hard work is being is paying off, all of that stuff. And then just know that. Like, you don't need to write it down. You just know that leading into the next hour, these are the things that you can expect or whatever. Right, right. Or the things you may want to like express outwardly to others or whatever. And just don't write it down because then you're saying that you need to be tracking everything. And I just don't know if that's the best way to increase confidence. Any other thoughts about newness? When do you think we'll feel like pros? Never. Probably never. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. I think that that's better anyway. Doesn't Socrates think it's better? (laughs) I just think having that sense of play and fun and casualness will help you not feel so concerned about not looking the guidebook as like a, you know, definitive yeah. like point of not of being past the beginner stage. Like I'm still looking at guidebooks. I love collecting guidebooks. I'm always like comparing guidebooks and stuff like that. So don't feel like that's sort of like some sort of like peak like ooh, i don't look at the guidebook anymore like i'm a professional yeah. card reader that's, that's not professional a sign card readers you know still look doing. like at guidebooks and some professional card readers still copy from guidebooks just an fyi <laughs> yeah not not me i'm i'm talking about some other individuals yes. who have gotten readings from who copy directly from guidebooks but i'm just saying <laughs> so <laughs> Well, I I think maybe this is like also a good time to point out that one of the ways that you can make sure that you're not like setting yourself up for really bad news is or like something you're not prepared to deal with that you really would prefer to journal about is to be specific in your questions. And we talk about that in the context of Lenormand a lot, but I also think that it's true in the case of tarot as well, where like you can fully if you just want to play around with the cards, fully ask like what's something uplifting that you can tell me now. Or what's something mm-hmm. fun that we can talk about now or whatever. It doesn't have to say, you don't have to say, what should I know? Yeah. Because I think that sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating, especially if you're stressed out about life, which who isn't at this point? Like, what should I know may not be something that yeah. can just be like a frivolous short question. And that may end up making you feel like every reading is so intense and you need to be journaling about it. When yeah. in reality, you can just be a little bit more playful with the questions you're asking or even like you're watching TV and you're like, you know, how is so-and-so feeling about this situation? Yeah. Pull cards for an episode of t- TV. Like just pull three cards for, okay. Yeah. How is this, how is this situation going to develop on friends? And you pull three cards like, oh, Chandler, he's going to freak out. Okay. I got these cards. Yeah. Like, and just like playing that. around with it is yeah. like, it should be And when it's like, especially when you're still learning, I do. I mean, obviously we think the tarot for like personal development is really important and crucial, but also tarot for like just getting to play with a really cool and beautiful piece of art 
maybe thinking about it that way and will allow you to do like the fun stuff rather than only the like where's my shadow right now and how do I bring it to light or like you know how do I fix ancestral trauma like those questions are all so good and so valid but you don't have to be doing that every single day and if doing that every single day means that you're not feeling as confident with like just intuitively moving forward with a reading then take a step back from that and just do fun stuff for a little bit yeah awesome good luck Katie yes thank you we like all these questions they're good nice questions Thank you for helping us with our questions, Logan. You have a lot of good insight. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I feel ultra beginner at all times. So it's it's uh, really nice to know that other people who Everybody do live is. readings on podcasts at the drop of a hat and are just like, bam, here's what's going on, also have the same feeling. <laughs> I think that headlights. that's actually one of the things that has made us so much more confident than we may have otherwise been is that like if we're doing a joint reading together and maybe that's also a fun exercise for you to do in like our Facebook group or in our discord or whatever just like choose a person to do a reading with like a co-reading with together because then you're bouncing off the ideas of what you're initially getting pings about and also you have to come up with creative ways to see how things work together because you're not seeing everything in front of you at the same time so mm-hmm. you can like kind of practice some of these muscles, but like you even probably, unless Esther cut all of our fumbling over the first question, which I doubt she will, <laughs> uh, you can even hear that where it's kind of like you start on one path and then you spend a little bit of time thinking about it and talking it through. And that's all stuff that isn't really capturable when you're journaling about stuff, because when you're journaling about stuff, you put down the final result rather than capturing the thought process that went into mm-hmm. it. And so being able to say like, okay, well, here's what we got. And now let's talk this through is actually, at least for me as like a verbal person is more helpful than journaling ever could be. That's why I wrote the book by dictating it. Like once I realized, once you guys helped me realize that dictating the book would be more beneficial, that worked a thousand times better for me because I can get my thoughts out verbally in ways that I can't in writing. Yeah. And then you just edit stuff. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Although maybe dictating your readings would be helpful. Open up a Google doc turn on the little microphone, dictate the reading you just gave for yourself. It'll just put it all in text. Then you have a way to save it, but you also had a way to talk things through and not get too like yeah. stuck on which definitions you're looking at. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, I just do that. I just verbally kind of like talk through things audibly and write down what I'm audibly saying, because hearing that kind of and writing process sort of solidifies things in my brain a little bit more than just Smart. kind of just writing. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I don't really think that we have any announcements. We just have one new Patreon supporter that we want to shout out and then obviously encourage you to pre-order a book if you're interested. Anyway, I'm going to pull a card for our newest Patreon supporter, Donna, who we appreciate so much. Yes, thank you so much, Donna. Donna. Your card is the Three of Coins. Gotta love that. I like that. Lots of pentacles in this reading, like today. Yeah, some working together, some collaboration. Awesome. I'm Logan. So excited to talk to you about Precious Possums Lenormand. We have watched this take shape as your friends. And I'm so proud of you for putting this all together and for launching a Kickstarter in like, what, 10 days, 13 days. It's it's on the 23rd. And so, yeah, well, like 13 days. (laughs) I can't count. Wild. Less than two weeks till the world will see Precious Possums Lenormand. 
I'm so ready and I'm so scared all at the same time. <laughs> all the natural, natural, totally natural feelings. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about how you first, or I guess which card did you start with? Like what sort of inspired the possum idea? Because it's so adorable and people underappreciate how adorable possums are. <laughs> I wholly agree. Um, so I come by my love of possums naturally. Uh, my I'm I'm one sixteenth possum on my mother's side. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So lots of like theatrics and fainting and eating like trash or Arby's. Um, eating trash. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have this like affinity with animals that uh, people. Some people tend to uh, like stick their noses up at. So like vultures, mm-hmm. foxes, um, opossums. And uh, yeah, I, I don't remember how it happened. I don't know if it was something that one of you two said uh, about about doing something with these like little bin bandits. But uh, <laughs> I just I had this old sketch for a clover card before because uh, I was trying to make like a weird rabbit type of Lenormand. It was Ooh. also going to be cutesy, but um, they were going to be like a little bit fantasy and I just could not make it work. And uh, so when when the possums came to town i was just like oh let me see if i can rework this with possums and um (laughs) it 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 just worked and i was enamored and y'all were like hey this isn't a terrible idea so i was like all right it's not just me being weird so (laughs) (laughs) so that's really cool that clover was the first one because i always feel like clover i mean clover is a fortuitous lenormand card so having it be like one that sort of began the process sort of aligns with almost like a sense of whimsy of like, what about this weird idea? And then everyone <laughs> being like, this is it. This is the thing. Like, this is going to be so great. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of whimsy. So oh, much sure. whimsy. And so you've been working on this for the entire pandemic, right? So yeah, it's a, well, at least <laughs> uh, it started in June and the pandemic started what feels like 900 years ago. So it's been for a fair portion <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was working on my Fox Tarot when the pandemic started and like since mm-hmm. Christmas of 2019. And yeah. for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, um, my Aries son was just like, hey, uh, you need to do something during this stressful period that you can complete in less than like a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, we're going to do the Norman. Why not? It's 36 images. I can handle that. Um and yeah, that's how it happened. And I'm really, really excited. Also, I, I'm surprised that there are so many people out there who are obsessed with um, opossums. In like a I know, I think you kind of way. hit a nerve with the idea of yeah. appreciating animals that are underappreciated, but have these like super vital roles and like ecosystems. Like any sort of carry on consuming animal is like going to so be necessary. a little bit of an outsider. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's an animal that we are kind of in contact with on a daily basis, at least in the south. Like in the south, you can like shine your light, like your headlights into the woods, and you look see like eighteen hundred <laughs> eyeballs staring back at you. You know, so yes. it's like an it's at least in my cultural context, it's it's something that's always there and always prevalent. But it's not an animal that has ever been kind of cutified. Just like Kim cutified pandas, but pandas are already cute. But you've been yeah. able to like 
adorable eyes. Cutifying. Cutifying adorable eyes. I am trademarking those immediately before you steal them from me. I'm going to sue you for my trademark. So, (laughs) okay, good luck. Good luck. (laughs) So you've, you've been able to like adorable eyes, like a species of animal that has been kind of demonized because of its shape, because of its kind of like kind of ugly quirkiness like raccoons are still kind of like cute in certain ways they're cute and fat because well, like, they're they so trash. round i think they're that round that's why raccoons are so cute but mm-hmm. like possums people like associate them with like rats but not in a good way so i really feel like you were able to kind of tap into this thing where like not only can beginners look at this deck and kind of like feel like it's approachable to them but also like it's not like looming older antiquity sort of like images that aren't approachable if it makes any sense i i'm first of all like so excited and so happy that uh you've invented so many new words um <laughs> i know to this is our legacy <laughs> Like if you're like if you're aware, I know you like possums as a person or love, uh, but like that that you are aware that you know there might not be um, traditionally that's not the word I'm looking for, but like traditionally aesthetically pleasing, um, mm-hmm. and still find the transformation worth mentioning. I'm like, all right, cool, I did something right. Yeah, it's because of their creepy jaws. Like if you see a picture <laughs> of a possum head on, you're like, okay, well that's adorable. But then from the side, it just looks like a fully rotting skull. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> but also I'm kind of obsessed because when I traveled to Australia and New Zealand, like probably like 11 or 12 years ago, their possums are like cute little cuddly things. Oh my God, and yeah. our oh. possums are like giant rats. So I'd be like, how on earth did we get the same name for two totally different looking <laughs> animals? It's like badgers. It's like badgers. American yeah. badgers are terrifying looking and British badgers look like they should be wearing a monocle. It's like the exact same. <laughs> so, so like, I just, I appreciate that you were able to bring to the spotlight an animal that is adorable in its own way and also valuable and just kind of something that's normal for me to kind of interact with on a daily basis in a, like a nonconformist way. Right, but I think the other thing that's really fun about it, Logan, is that it's not just, like, like possums doing possum things. It's also, like, your ship card has a possum in a spaceship. Like, there's a lot of fun sort of, like, nerdy pop cultural or, like, I guess outside of the normal realm of what people would associate with an animal-based deck. Mm-hmm. Like, cards being associated with it. And I think that that's kind of funny and, like, whimsical and super lighthearted. And I feel like that's what will attract newcomers to Lenormand is that it is not taking itself that seriously. Exactly. It's like very, very playful. And then the other component that you have talked to us about is trying to kind of de-genderfy some of the cards to make sure that people won't feel excluded. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And and thanks uh, as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember the first place that I saw like people, uh, creators deviating from the man, woman, significator card, like only Mm -hmm. options. Um, I want to say Monster Lenormand might be the first one. I think it's one of the only decks I've seen. Yeah. Well, so I remember when the green glyph Lenormand 
Kickstarter was happening, that one had a, like some good nuances too. Yes. But Monster had the most like the most options because I think they have five alternate cards. I think that they did. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Yeah, I I love that so much, and I love that they also <laughs> so brought in like I don't know, almost like archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like the the deck that creators working on right now, and I can't Jess Rolar maybe. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm so bad with names. Has like the cat the there's so many like it's not just it's not just specific like partner roles and whatnot like they're expanding right, beyond right. that even which I just find so fun um but yeah so there's a couple things I wanted to kind of distance this deck from as far as like traditional Lorman decks go and so that was the strict gender uh roles in the significator cards which in this deck you're going to have two cards labeled possum uh one is a mustached librarian educator type with a lovely <laughs> bun and like little half moon glasses and they are reading a copy of uh possum and possibility by jane boston <laughs> i love it so much jane <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and the other is um is a possum walking through a, a field of lavender with a, I don't, I can't remember the, the proper noun for it, but it's like the, the guiding rod or stick for visually impaired oh, yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just tried to make sure that nothing says, I mean, it's not hard to do. You're working with animals. Uh, <laughs> so like right. make it kind of like gender ambiguous or whatever. Um, and then there are going to be a few bonus cards uh, that are all pretty much significator cards that play with different Yay. archetypes. So there's like a diva archetype if you're someone who is oh musically inclined or like, you know, kind of a trailblazer. Um, there is a divinity archetype, which is ridiculous. And um, there are also two like anime geek inspired ones. So <laughs> I, th- I think the whimsy level is going to stay pretty high for anybody that picks it up. I love yeah, that totally, so much. Totally. The other thing I wanted to distance this deck from was religion. So there is no cross card. It has been yes. retitled to struggle and it features mm-hmm. an opossum parent with many baby joeys crawling all over them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little babies is are super cute and super happy. <laughs> that's what that's what Google told me. Now she has lied to me before, but I'm trusting <laughs> no, her. Oh, it's not lying. That is too cute. <laughs> okay. I mean, they do have. Uh, I'm sure that it is because they're. I don't know. They seem like they'd have a Joey name for a kid. Right. That is adorable. That's so yeah. So there's... and I also think that people will really appreciate that because Lenormand has traditionally been way harder to, like, deviate from the religious background of some of the cards i think that like now that there are more and more decks being created maybe that'll become more common but Mm -hmm. in ways that like the hierophant is often not still a pope now yeah there isn't that much you can do to avoid the cross because that's like one of the 36 cards so being able to find different ways to make that so that it doesn't have kind of the same implications is really smart and super cool and i hope more people continue to do that for sure yeah i hope so too i love uh finding a great new lenormand deck and not feeling triggered as i look through it (laughs) exactly (laughs) so for the listeners logan has a similar religious background to esther's with a different organization but similarly restrictive and cult-like and in some ways abusive 
Um, so the inclination to avoid the cross situation seems really natural for both of you to feel connected with. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cause yeah. at first when you, at least when I read cross, I automatically think like Jesus, like, you know, so it's just, it, or things of like cross to bear and suffering, like persecution, martyrdom, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And then it kind of yeah. like spirals from there and it doesn't like, it's hard to remove your pre-programmed, like, like the definitions from that specific image. So yeah, really yeah. it's a whole hurdle that is just unnecessary to, for me at least to, to work mm -hmm. with the, the energy of that card. It's like, we can express this in a different way and yeah. right. a much less stressful way. So why not? Yeah. And cross isn't exactly the best definition, like the best word for that definition either. Cross is like the symbol that's on the card, but it's not leading you towards a definition that's beneficial, at least in my opinion of what that card means if it makes any sense like so garden yeah. i would definitely like with garden i'm like okay garden we're chatting together in a garden tea party blah blah, blah. cross i'm like thinking automatically religious inclinations sort of stuff yeah. so i love we're that you changed right that right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so i love that you've specifically changed that to struggle and the visual on the card is very much like of a burden and like exactly what the meaning of cross should be in lenormand so thanks are there any other cards you want to point out? Specifically, like the fox card itself is very much a different twist on the meaning of fox than what we've kind of been taught in Lenormand because typically fox is like the sneaky, kind of like the seven of swords sort of card where it's like the sneaky underlying business. <laughs> Esther always sort of... stands for the sneaky cards. I feel like the underdogs need to have representation and I am that representation. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, but I really liked with your fox card that <laughs> it's like, just for the listeners, the fox card is a possum holding a hand with a it. fox going into a hen house. Can you kind of elaborate the inspiration for that specific card where that kind of differentiates from the traditional meaning of like the Lenormand Fox card? So in most like guidebooks that I've read, websites I've looked at, apps I've used, um, Fox tends to be pretty synonymous with snake for like mm -hmm. a, a deceitful character in your life. Um, which I don't, yeah. I don't, don't come at me. Anybody who reads Lenormand traditionally, please. <laughs> I don't find that personally <laughs> helpful. I need, like, I need more differentiation yeah, between for sure. these two things. Um, so I try to still have a little bit of that, a little, uh, like we still have a theft or an attempted theft going on in the mm -hmm. card, but yeah. we're focusing more on, uh, on the Fox card as, what you do to keep food on the table. And so I thought, all right, if we have this duo breaking into this farmer's hen house, they are doing something that is arguably like, you know, theft, um, but they wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a need for it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. This is not their natural habitat. Uh, this is, they're breaking the norm. They're going outside of the box to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that, kind of at least in my mind that sort of de-vilifies or decriminalizes yeah for the sure. whole energy of that card because it's it gets a really bad rap yeah yeah totally yeah, and sure. it sort of takes away the like selfishness i guess of the idea of manipulation like it there's like they've got reasons basically like, yeah exactly exactly 
required to. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So like, instead of looking at Fox, whenever it comes up with any other card as like, you need to be, you need to be wary about this person. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, you know, maybe the, the best way to solve this problem isn't through brute force, right. but through a little bit of cunning and yeah. cunning isn't a bad thing. Exactly. Like, Not at all. Not at all. So, uh, yeah, my Fox card focuses a lot more on like, um, that's the card that's going to come up, at least for me, if it has to do something with my like career path, anything I'm doing to, to keep, to earn a living, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> Fox will pop up for me. And so hopefully that image will get that across for people and the guidebook will well. I think so. so. Talk talk a little bit about the guidebook too, because I know that the goal was to make it really accessible to people who weren't that familiar with Lenormand. So, what was your process like for writing it? So I wanted to touch a little bit on every image, and so each card kind of has like a tiny, tiny, tiny little story mm. um, that that goes along with it in the book. Okay. Uh, we start with like two summary keywords. Uh, I tried really hard to make the keywords uh, not synonyms with each other. Yes, <laughs> we love a non-synonym person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard to do for some of them, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, and then we get on to the cards like um, alignment, which for those of you who may not be familiar with Lenormand, <laughs> each card has like a positive alignment, a neutral, a, new- a negative, sometimes a little bit of positive and neutral or ne- mm-hmm. uh, neutral and negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we go into a paragraph or two, which is like the little short story about that card. Um, and then each each card section wraps up with like sort of um, a paragraph on like practical application and a reading. That's awesome. That's super yeah. helpful. And we, Esther and I have talked a lot about how the synonym thing is like a huge chafing area for us with Lenormand <laughs> after we did our deck with trying to come up so with synonyms bad. for partner and just like not being able to. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of a totally different... Oh, or synonyms for man. Oh, what were you no, thinking of? Oh, no, no. <laughs> tree can mean general health as well as bad health and good health. Yeah. Tree means yeah. health. Yeah. I, that's another thing I tried with this to be like, we're going to take away like some of these absolute negatives and some of these absolute positives because in a lot of guidebooks, Ring is a super positive card. And I don't think every single contract or union that you enter into is going is to be super going, positive. Exactly. So I think, exactly. Yeah. Totally. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. absolutely true. So, mm-hmm. For anybody who doesn't know how to read, the guidebook has a good few pages in the beginning about like reading, basic reading fundamentals. Um, Logan means reading Lenormand, not reading at all. <laughs> if you can't read at all, <laughs> you might need more resources than Logan's guidebook to Precious Possums Lenormand. It comes with like a small subscription to whatever the modern equivalent to Hooked on Phonics is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a YouTube playlist, essentially a phonics. Yeah, oh yeah, yes. duh, of course, YouTube playlist. But no, so I do think that that's really helpful though too because I think that people like reading mm-hmm. Lenormand is an area that everyone can use additional help with. But especially if you're new, you don't read like you do with tarot cards. Absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah. So having those instructions yeah. is super helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like we've talked about at the beginning, the Kickstarter goes live on the 23rd. Are you doing any sort of like early bird thing? Do we need to fight to the death about it? Oh, Logan, I swear, if you're having me fight Holly for this, Kim already almost severed our relationship. 
So I swear, if you do anything, I, I think it actually walk wasn't away. Kim. Have so our friend Kim, who made the Way of the Panda Tara, Way of the Panda Tara. I just said Way of the Pando Tara, Way of the Panda Tara, and the Spread Machine deck. She had a very highly elite early bird special that I got, and Esther didn't. And every single time it comes up, Esther just is rages. so mad at me. Rages. <laughs> I see red and I black out in absolute rage. <laughs> so oh, that's it's why so I'm true. asking. I'm so, hoping so that So Logan, tell us about your Kickstarter and please do not break up this podcast because it is possible. <laughs> well, first of all, um, it, it will, it might be the possum that breaks that camel's back. <laughs> Um, Logan, <laughs> Logan, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing anything okay, like okay, that. Okay. Uh, there will be early birds. Awesome. Uh, it shouldn't be friendship ending. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's going to be like a, a super early bird tier, then a regular early bird. Um, and then there is a limited tier, which has the precious possum deck along with a custom made possum printed um, deck like protective deck wrap for, oh, uh, made by Moonlit Fay for friend Jenna, who is amazing. Um, so it's going to be super cute and it's going to have enough room for the deck and the guidebook. And so Ooh, there's going to be 30 that. of those. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, fight, fight, fight. Look at yeah, Esther's um, clenching her fists with joy. Like, <laughs> oh, awesome. I know it's been coming because I've been stalking both Jenna and Logan. So I know it's yeah. coming, but I'm just like <laughs> so excited about this. Plus the edges, plus all of the printing fun stuff that's going on. Like I have been, I have told, I told Logan, I have been budgeting for this entire like um, Kickstarter. I am so grateful. So like I'm ready with enthusiasm. You're ready. You're ready. I'm to go. absolutely I love it. ready, and I will kill and cut a bitch if they get in the way. I am that ready. Oh damn! See, this oh, is Esther also at three o'clock in the morning. The, the, the cute aggression <laughs> is this. This is cute it's going to transition to actual aggression. It's just cute hostility at this point. Yeah. Cute hostility. Cute hostility. <laughs> oh my god! Logan, you're totally right. All right, and so I also hear that you're doing a giveaway. Maybe Esther will not be as panicked. About oh, the aggr- <laughs> aggressively threatening people's friendships. Aggressively too with giveaways. Oh. And there's also, right before the giveaway, there's also going to be on the Kickstarter um, an add-on item, which is going to be wooden casting boards uh, made by Jamie Sawyer336 on Instagram. And it's going to be one of the possum cards, like, redesigned to just... It's, it's I'm about to really cry. Cool. She's going to lose her shit, um, Logan. How dare I'm you losing do this it. to us? I'm losing it, Logan. <laughs> This was my point with this entire uh, project was to just derail Esther entirely. <laughs> to blow my tarot budget for the next six months. That's his point. No, his long-term plan was to try to replace you on the podcast. So that in this situation. What is it that Hannah said to, uh, to Prue? It's my mission in life to destroy you. <laughs> God, if we didn't even talk about that on the episode, full that was circle. so funny. Full circle. I'm done. I'm walking away. Okay, bye bye, everybody. We're done with the episode. Fire stuff on Red Bubble. Sorry, that was a charmed reference from before for those who might not know. Um, So, the giveaway is going to be a copy of the Way of the Panda Baby Edition uh, made by our friend Kim uh, Fables Den on Instagram. It's also going to include a copy of Tarot Cats by Bunny D. Oh, I and love that deck. So whenever the uh, Kickstarter succeeds, of course, um, 
uh, we'll ship out those two items to the to the giveaway winner up so front, and you then after me. the freshest you possible. <laughs> I was going to say, no pressure, but if you're interested in a Wildly Tarot and Wildly Lenormand deck for that giveaway, we have some for you. If you want some. Oh, so. that would actually be really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so you can add us to that um, list. So yeah, ultimately you're getting four decks up front that are amazing, and then a Precious Possum deck after it's manufactured uh, as well. What a good deal, or what a good giveaway. That's going to be awesome. I love amazing, I love it. Um, so yeah, the giveaway goes live on... February 20th, which I think is, is that a Friday or a Saturday? Saturday. It's a Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, and so that'll be on Fables Den. So at Fables Den on Instagram and also at precious.possum on Instagram. <gasps> and Sorry, so I love that. that. And Although then... I did momentarily think that was a special URL you'd gotten and I was going to lose my mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dot possum is an option? I'm in. Dot possum. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so down for that. It would be so um, much fun. And then the Kickstarter goes live on February 23rd. Um, I'm looking at 10 a.m. Central uh, for the launch time. Awesome. Ooh. Mark your calendar so that you can beat Esther to some of those. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. Imagine the bragging rights. I... You will incur like the infinite ire of one <laughs> of the most lovely tarot readers on the planet. <laughs> Oh, she okay. can't even formulate a sentence. She's so enraged. <laughs> but she's also a witch, so be careful. Yeah. Enter your own risk. <laughs> I'm breathing exercises. Remember the breathing in three, <laughs> holding, and then out three, holding. Yeah. <laughs> well, Logan, thank you for being here. We love talking yes. to you so much. We're definitely going to have Same. you back for something at some point. We know we will because you're prolific. You're already developing another Lenormand deck that's gonna it's be true. amazing for the geeks we'll like me and we'll have you back for that closer. <laughs> exactly. yeah exactly you have to do it now we've already awesome. we've already manifested it on the podcast so you have to do it now you cannot back yeah down. there's no option i'm contractually <laughs> obligated so. yeah, exactly exactly contractually <laughs> <The> obligated contract <laughs> exactly well thank y'all so much this has been such a fun morning getting yeah. to chat with y'all about two of my favorite things which is fucking like 90s witchy tv shows and <laughs> the nation so uh, yeah exactly an ideal way to start a day that's for sure yeah right <laughs> all right well next week we are going to finally get to the bestiary book and deck i cannot wait to review that with you and don't forget to send us your questions you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com including a handy form with which to submit questions so we're doing a traditional outro and i had to password sign myself back in <laughs> also tell your friends about us rate and review us and it helps us grow we really appreciate it so much. We love it when we so get much nice appreciation. reviews. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also buy a tarot certification of 400 hours of bloody blah blah shit from us on Red Bubble because our certifications are legit. Yeah, oh they're God. the only real ones. You know that's true. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you. So we much. love you. We, we love, love you, Logan. Logan. We love you, listeners. We love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs>